Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm the DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who doesn't care if Monday's black, because on Thursdays, he's never looking back. Friday, he's in love, because he's the master of doing the unstuck. Here's my co-host from the Love Coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean... See, the, the, the best thing about us doing video recording now is I get to see your reaction when I'm doing the introductions for you. So that was precious. Yeah, you, you pulled two in there. And I absolutely am the master of the, or previously was master of doing the unstuck. <laughs> Psych yourself up every day. Absolutely. All right. Um, so this is where I usually say we have a special guest, but. It's just you and me for this episode. We do not have a special guest. We do not. a special guest. We are. Um, We're actually celebrating a first on the podcast for this episode. You want to know what the first is? Yeah. So you're going on vacation later this week, and I just couldn't get a guest lined up for this week. So I was going to give you and I both a week off from recording and not doing any episode prep, and then you... You were the one that suggested we record an episode, just the two of us, because usually I'm the guy talking you into recording, and the rules were totally reversed, so that's a first. Yeah, well, I wanna—I I like Tuesdays. So I don't like Saturdays, so. You're heading out of town yet again. Where are you going again this time? Uh, Costa Rica. So you're going with the Chica? Yes, and my little brother and his wife, so. Oh, okay. All right. Well, enjoy. Um, yeah, that'll be fun for you. I'm all, I'm all vaccinated up. I'm ready to go. That's good. That's good. I got dose number two, um, what, two weeks Two weeks ago? I got the Johnson I'm ready Johnson. to do this. The Johnson & Johnson on Tuesday. Got the Pfizer. So good luck with those blood clots. Those are those are almost exclusively in women. So, no, I'm not I'm not. <laughs> like I said, good luck with those blood clots. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, so I haven't asked the all important question. So, uh, what T-shirt are you wearing today? Uh, and I wish I could tell you that I was wearing the my 1992 uh, tour shirt, but uh, unfortunately, that thing has. Long given up the ghost, but we are recording this on May 4th and actually probably three years ago. I bought this shirt, the Mos Eisley Cantina in Tatooine. Uh, so a little bit of Star Wars for May the 4th. I feel like you've worn that before. No. You sure? I'm positive. I, f- I feel like I'm going to need to go through the the episode notes and um, yeah, this... Th- I, I I don't know. I feel like you've worn this before. Has some as a guest worn it? No. Okay. Just I mean, just know we're 180 episodes into this, so you know, no, you know, it, it it's okay if you have forgotten that you've worn a shirt because again, we've done 180 episodes. You're on probably what like 170 of them. 165 of those episodes, probably? Uh, yeah, I would hope so. That would mean 165 different t-shirts. 
that Mr. Fugate has worn for this podcast. Yeah, I. Um... No one can. No one can. No one can dare say that your commitment to I, wearing a different T-shirt is is is, is not commendable. Got, it is it, it is commendable. I got this specifically to wear on May the fourth, and we have yet to record. The first time was the weekend was my daughter's wedding. Okay. Uh, and then, hey, if you can prove that I I, I went through an extensive uh, <laughs> list. Actually, I think at one point had the list. Uh, you like listen to every episode just for like the first three minutes, and you're like, "Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I have worn that social distortion T-shirt." Yeah, I don't. I'm pretty sure this one's safe. Okay, all right. I was saving it. I will not. I will not question you anymore. All right. No, I say prove me wrong if you can, but I don't. I'm, I'm, no. I'm through. I'm looking through the list right now, and I don't see it. I'm. I'm, I'm too tired to do that. There should be a search function. I should be able to. Like I said, I'm I'm too tired to dig through our old episodes. Um, we've had our foot on the gas for what last eighteen months or so, and I've really only taken my foot off the gas for maybe what two weeks out of that time period. Like I've recorded in some shape or fashion, whether it was with my brother, whether it was with Jeff, whether it was with whoever else when, you know, you've gone on some of your vacations, but, um, I have not, I have not taken my foot off the gas. So I'm, we've got, we've got a couple months this summer where, you know, between your vacations, my vacations, like the month of May, I think we're recording what, three times? Today would be the first one. Actually, this is the second one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Four times then. We did record with Elise a couple days ago. All right. But yeah, I'm tired. I, I follow your schedule, so I don't... This is, this is your own doing. <laughs> it's my own doing. I know. I'm I'm guilty. And we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Should I, should I tease some of the other episodes that are coming up? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've got, uh, I just found out today we are going to do our first episode on the national, which that's, that's going to be good. Uh, we're doing another U2 episode. We're going to be doing the unforgettable fire with one of my favorites. Matthew Ryan is coming back. Absolutely. Return. We've got our first stones episode coming up. We're going to do Exile. Mm. It's a large undertaking. You're going to be okay? That's like 18 songs. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. And Hootie. We're going to do some Hootie. Cracked review. Classic. That's going to be fun because I'm not going to say who the guest is yet. So I, I saw somebody post on the socials about how... He didn't care other people's opinions on Hootie's debut album. He still thinks that it's fantastic. Did somebody not like it? There's a lot of people that don't like it. There's a lot of people. And it's it's more of the backlash of it got way too much play. Maybe I should, maybe I should put a poll out there 
and and mm-hmm. see what people's opinion of Cracked Review is. It can't hurt. I mean, I think it's a classic, but I know that there was – they became – I remember, like, Janine Garofalo was making fun of them in, in one of her stand-up, stand-up uh, things. Maybe that's not a good comparison because yeah. I think Janine makes fun of – Everything. Somebody but. so heavily tied to the '90s might not want to be throwing rocks at Hootie's glass house. Uh, I think she was throwing. I, if I remember correctly, she was throwing the, the the stones in the '90s. I think that was the the backlash that came right after that came out. Anyways, we'll save that. We'll save that for the episode. Um, we've got two more Bruce episodes coming up as well in the next couple months and both of them have the word born in the title they can't go wrong you you pause like you're like let's see which I didn't ones know, I, did, I forgot about i didn't born know. in nebraska i forgot about the second one i i didn't uh i knew the, okay. I knew the uh, one coming up most soonest yes Anything else we want to talk about? I, I was going to I was going to pull out the names of our our recent Patreon people, but um, I think that this is probably not going to follow our conventional release schedule. This will probably come out on a week where we had a guest cancel on us. And we'll just release this. This will be like the the new Green Day. I was going to say this sounds like a day after come out day after Dookie. If you don't know the inside joke, we recorded the Dookie episode, and then I sat on it for what like nine months At least. before I released it. Yeah, because you could tell that I just wasn't into it. Uh, not my favorite episode because it's not my favorite band. So. I appreciated your your love of that album because I I know that you love that album, but I just I don't. I'm a big, yeah, I, I love Green Day. I, I mean, American Idiot to me is probably one of my top ten, top twenty five albums. And I've never listened to it all the way through. Oh, you are you're cheating yourself. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I, look, I just I just made mention that I listened to Graceland for the very first time this year. So maybe I'll put American Idiot on my to, to listen list. I don't know. We'll see. All right. What are, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about The Cure's 1992 release, Wish. Why are we talking about this one? Because I wanted to record on Tuesday, and <laughs> it's on our list of albums that we know really well, and we both were, well, we went together to a, the Seattle show July 1st, 1992 in the Seattle Center Coliseum. Yeah. Look, I didn't even I didn't even mention what shirt I'm wearing, so I'm wearing one of my Pearl Jam shirts, so it's kind of um, anticlimactic, but... You you mentioned you mentioned that you had the 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 Wish concert T-shirt. I also had the same one. We 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 bought the same T-shirt, and 
it also suffered the same fate. Uh, it it started fraying around the artwork, the the ink work. Yep. And then one thing that all of my t-shirts seemed to do back in the early 2000s, maybe it was because I I did yard work a lot in them, but they would the the seams would come apart in the underarms. And so as soon as that happened, um, I put it aside because, you know, that's what you do with concert T-shirts. And we've talked about the great T-shirt purge of 2003 that happened. And that was that was one that um, suffered the same fate as my U2 one T-shirt and my REM T-shirt. There was a toad in there. There was a Tom Petty. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I wore the death. I wore the shirt to death. Yeah, it, it and it was one of those shirts. It was it was a little oversized as well. And then the whole the whole front of the shirt is like his face. Like it it was enormous. Like. Uh, you know the, uh, oh oh wait a sec you had oh, the yeah. face I had I bought the album I bought the album I had, one I bought the I album had, cover like, Robert Smith with his hands and his hair and that's right and it's just the whole front of the shirt was yeah was this big giant face we did not buy the same one all right I do remember this though you and I bought the album at the same time. Let's let's transport ourselves to 1992, just for a second, because I want to I want to I want to set it up. So, I was a college student, um, and I would come home for the summers, stay with my parents, you know, rent free. But I was working two jobs, trying to save up money for tuition. And you were, well. How personal do we want to get? <laughs> First of all, the, the trials of my life are fairly well known on this podcast, at least. I was recently estranged from my uh, young family, but you, you, I, I rose from the ashes. I, I did okay. So in April of 1992, um, you, were, you were living in a one-bedroom house. If you can call it that, do you call it a house? It was. It was like a mother-in-law house. It was. It yeah. Was perfect. Yeah. For one person. Yeah. I love it. So, so neither neither one of us had a lot of of money during that time period, and so we would go to Tower Records. You would buy one record, and I would buy a different CD, and then we would record. We would record on cassette one another's selections. That was our way of like saving some scratch. But when we went to when we went to Tower, we both bought this record because we're like, uh, no, I want I want the I want the physical copy of this particular CD. Well, I had turned to CDs one hundred percent, so I had I wasn't going to get. You couldn't record CDs at that time. Well, I know, but you, we were, we were still recording mixtapes at that point. Oh yeah. 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 No, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I'm just I'm just setting this up because it's like this was one of those albums that was important enough to both of us that we didn't want to have a cassette recorded version of it. We wanted to have the CD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is one yeah. of those bands that, especially this was the fourth uh, of, like, they had a stretch. This, one I would say, was the culmination of that from Head on the Door to Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Dis- uh, Disintegration, and then Wish. I, I mean, that's about as good a four. I would say this was the culmination. Yes. Yeah, because... Next next album is Wild what Wild, Wild, Wild Mood Swings, which not not great, not good. I love I love Wrong Number. That's a I think yeah. Is, is Mint Cars on there too? Mint Cars on that, which is good. I I there are a couple good songs, but when we're talking overall album, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The streak the streak ended here. Yeah, this is it. All right, so this came out in April of 92. It was the Cure's highest charting album. It reached number two in the U.S. on the week that it came out. You want to know what kept it out of the number one position? I did some, I did some research. I'd like to know. Def Leppard's Adrenalized <laughs> kept it out of the number one position. The following week, it slipped to number six while Def Leppard kept the number one position. But here's, here, here's what pains me. Do you want to know what, what was number two that second week? I hate to ask. I'll give you a hint. Reverse pants. <laughs> you make me want to. Crisscross. Totally crossed out. Ended up being number two behind Def Leppard uh, the second week. Um, the other ones that were on th- that were ahead of, of Wish, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was number three that week. Classic Queen was number four. If you remember, they put out, um, this was right around the time that Freddie passed, right? Ooh, 92? 92? Or was that was that the big concert? Um, I think it might have been the big concert, which uh, but I know now that this the CD had taken hold and now the greatest hits things in the back catalogs were starting, yeah. starting to get released. Yep. And then um, the number five was Rope in the Wind. From Mr. Garth Brooks. He was about as hot as it got back then. 92. Yep. All right. Um, Let's talk personnel. We already know. We already know Robert Smith, of course, provides vocals, um, does guitar work, provides some keyboards. And then, of course, Simon, who... I can't say enough good things about Simon Gallup, the bass guitarist. I think he's one of the best guitarists out there. Um, at least as far as bass riffs, 
because the bass riffs for this band are so crucial. I mean, we just talked about Jane's addiction, and we talked we talked about how how important Eric Avery was to that band. Um, I think Simon is just as important as Eric was to Jane's. Uh, Porl Thompson provides guitar work. Uh, this is actually Porl's last record with the band until 2008 when he comes back to the band for the 413 Dream album. Boris Williams, this is his last album with the band. He left the band in 94, and then Jason Cooper is going to take over on Wild Mood Swings. Um, and then Perry Bamonte. Am I saying that name right? That's what I, I think. I think so. Yeah. So he joins The Cure in 1990. He replaced Roger O'Donnell on keyboards. And I think he was a was he a guitar tech for the band? I, yeah, roadie of of some sort. Yeah, so so he he ended up uh, being on Wish. I can't remember. Was he on Disintegration? I don't think he was on Disintegration. Yeah, I don't think so. I know I was reading something that uh, he didn't even know how to play piano until uh, Robert Smith's sister taught him some stuff. Okay. If well, if he joined the band in 1990, then he he was not on disintegration. Oh no. Okay, so that would have been Roger O'Donnell for for disintegration. Okay. So I threw this out to our friends on the socials. I wanted to see what everyone's favorite songs on this record are. Let's see if um if I want to see some some reactions from Wayne. All right. Uh, Brian Woods, 1969. He said, I was disappointed by this record at the time. I've grown to love it. Its issue is that it comes on the heels of my favorite ever disintegration. Said highlights, open, deep green sea, trust. No one ever mentions this, but I think it's a gem. And if that's the case, then Brian's really going to hate my score or trust. Yeah, he's he's just wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, Charles Reed says a letter to Elise is a standout of wish. I love how it's just one long stream of conscious surrender. And who knows if Elise ever received it or, or read the letter. Yeah, that's good. Um, Chip Midnight. Uh, he says, uh, Oh, he says, you're really hitting all the buttons this morning. I think that I had posted. What did I post before that? I posted that I was listening to Def Leppard Pyromania. All right. He said, last week, a friend of mine was asking what Cure album he should check out first, since he never paid a lot of attention. And he got lots of input from other friends. And I assume that Chip meant that he recommended as well. All right. Uh, Robert Hardcastle. It says, my personal favorites are From the Edge of the Deep Green, Green Sea, A Letter to Elise, To Wish Impossible Things. Uh, okay. I get the first two. All right. Well, you and I, we, you and I are going to scrap here a little bit later because we, we were talking before we started recording about how um, 
I like one of these songs that you don't. All right. Uh, Jeff Scoble says, I, I can't not pick Friday I'm in Love, but A Letter to Elise is great, too. And all I can say is, Jeff, you, you can totally not pick Friday I'm in Love. All right. Um, at 17 Candles. I didn't have that person's name. I don't know why. Uh, it says, my, my favorite Cure album. There's many favorites on there, particularly A Letter to Elise. Cut and open. Shoot all of it. I skip Friday, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get you. I don't know about I don't know that skip it. I won't skip. I did I did back in '93. I will freely admit that. Yeah, I don't. I get it. Uh, at Kinetic J, uh, he says from the uh, well, he he did F T E O T D G S. What a douche! That's not necessary. <laughs> Uh, then he says, um, doing the unstuck, a letter to Elise and tuition impossible things. Uh, Nick Sauer, hopefully I'm saying his, his name right. Uh, he says a letter to Elise by a mile. Piecing it together podcast says open is my favorite cure song. The cure is my favorite band. So it's a big album for me. All right. And over on Facebook, so recent guest Murray Valeriano, he says, I love it. Saw this tour with the Cranes and Dinosaur Jr. High is the standout for me. So I'm I'm a little jealous. Murray got to see Dinosaur <laughs> Jr. Yeah, we, I, we only got the Cranes. Yes. And one of, one of the things I remember most about the 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 concert that we went to was the cranes were not interesting at all to me yeah everybody was there for one reason i i there i don't even know if they if they have an opening act anymore like i mean i saw elvis costello at the paramount and like he just came out and started playing like there's sometimes there's just no point everybody's there to see you well, I, I saw them again in 2016. I saw The Cure again in 2016. And they did not have an opener. And I just remember there were, there were these college dudes, uh, what, a couple rows back from us? And they were, they were kind of mocking how the rest of the, the, the audience was kind of just like not really clapping for the cranes. And do you remember that they were like, praise to God for the cranes. Come on, people <laughs> clap, clap for the cranes. And they, they totally didn't mean it, but they were, you know, it was funny. All right. Um, I don't know why I remember that kind of, that kind of crap. All right. Um, couple more from Facebook. Jason Nolan says, I freaking love this album. Cut, trust, apart, a letter to Elise. I'll take it all. Lane Hewitt. You remember Lane from our uh, GBV episode? Absolutely. So Lane says, impossible things. Okay. That's that's all he says, to wish impossible things. Um, I love you, Lane. Wayne, not so much. Um, all right, last but not least, Nathan Nickel says this album is amazing in my opinion. 
from the edge of the deep green sea, doing the unstuck trust, a letter to Elise, windy time. You really can't go wrong with this album. This episode will be glorious. Smiley face. And I don't, I don't know if this episode is going to be that glorious. I mean, it's just us two old dudes. We remain to be seen. It'll probably get a little gushy. So, I mean, there's a lot of love here. This is a band I've, it's one of the constants in my life. Like, uh, I think I, I think the, I first saw them at 85. Um, I think somebody yeah. put, let's go to bed. I snuck it into a dance, a high school dance. Uh, and I saw, I remember seeing the video on 120 minutes into the future. Not like, not a, not very long after that, they released the greatest, the singles, uh, was the original tape version was called standing on the beach. Uh, and I, yeah. I've never, I, I've never looked back. I've always, you know what, whatever their new album was, I listened to it. Uh, no matter what other kind of music I was listening to, whether it was hard rock, hair metal, grunge, emo, all the things that came and went, I always listened to The Cure. I mean, yeah, I sometimes would listen to it, The Crew and then The Cure, I. I, they were just, I always listen to the kid. I just, I think it's the band that makes me feel, I think it's a reason for my wide variety in musical taste is, is my early latching on to them. Yeah. Yeah. We, we brought up, so when we did our cheap trick at Budokan episode, we talked about how much we listened to that cassette in the Maverick. We listened to, standing on the beach a lot as well a lot like like probably to the point where people were probably going so do you wear black on the outside because black is how you feel on the inside i mean too that's that's to quote the smiths but you know they they, uh i don't yeah and i don't even remember if i cared that's there's so many songs on that um and it's they're just not it's just that thing is an un, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. But we did have the cassette and the oh, and yeah. side side B side B is all the 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 B sides, and some of them are not super great. A lot of them are instrumentals from the early days, and I do remember we fast forwarded a lot. I think we fast forwarded to what was what was some of the B sides from Head on the Door that made it onto standing on a beach. I know. I, I remember, I want to say Mr. Pink Eye was on that side too. Boy inside my man inside my, what's mouth. that? What? Yeah. I think that was on there. I don't know. Cause now I own, I, I own the CD, which is essentially is just the a side. Yeah. Well, and 10, 15. Oh yeah. 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 10, 15. Okay. That. That's right. All right. We ready to jump into it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on Wish? An even dozen. Which means top song is going to get 12 points. Next favorite, 11 on down to low score of one. So let's kick this off with Open.
full disclosure, Wayne and I did see The Cure on this tour, which we've already brought up. I'm going to probably bring up a number of times where in the, the, the set list we saw this. So that info might only be interesting to the two of us. Um, so sorry, don't don't at me. Um, they opened the show with this. And this is this is a great album opener. Oh, yeah. They are, they opened the show with the first two songs from the album. Correct. MVP for this song for me is Boris Williams, the drummer. I think he just gets to town on the drums on this one. And I, you know what? I don't know that I've ever heard a Cure song that I didn't think Robert Smith was the was the MVP. Uh, and on this one, I especially like I say musically, it has a lot of the elements that you would expect from a Cure song. But I think that this he really captures the social anxiety, um, and and it's and then the 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 attempt to abate it with alcohol, and I believe from one line possibly a Xanax, uh, and the whole. <laughs> you really, talking about the until someone slips me uh, slips me heaven? Yeah. Is that is that what we're talking about with yeah. the Xanax? Yeah. Yeah. So he. Uh, and I'd never, there was a lot of, for years, I'd never really listened to the song in depth as far as what it was talking about. And, but yeah, that whole, I mean, cause he doesn't strike me as somebody who would enjoy all of the music industry parties and the glad handing and all of that stuff. He seems like, he seems like a very private person who would just rather just be at home with his wife. And I don't know, I feel like he has a lot of cats. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> So I can see, you know, him, him having these, you know, the feeling that, you know, because that's just one drink and there's some people I want you to meet. And then, you know, I'm clutching it tight. Another glass in my hand. There's a lot of like there's a lot of drinking references early on. And then right. just like a thousand times before I get transfixed and fixed, I'm just looking at the floor. Uh, but he really, like I say, once again, he brings the whole thing to life um, and you can and. Musically, it gets unnerving and and it feels like anxiety. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you think that he's in the lyrics? Do you think that he's doing a? I'm hearing sometimes loud noises. I just want you to check your mic. I don't want to. Just make sure. um, every once in a while, it sounds like I'm hearing like a car drive by or something. Should be good. It sounds good. I just every once in a while I get. Th- it, it does say that I'm using the. Okay. All right. It's just every once in a while, and I don't. I don't want to get burned again. I got. I've got you know what? Hold on a sec. You know what? I am using the computer mic. Well, this is gonna suck again. No, no. It. Here's the thing. I guess I don't know how it sounds on the recording, but. It doesn't sound as good. But the only yeah. time that I notice it is when something goes by somewhere. So you've corrected it? Uh, no, oh. it's because I'm still recording, oh, okay. so it won't let me. Ch- it won't let me change. Which you know what? If I change it now, it's going to really sound stupid on the final recording because okay. I'll go from not sounding great to sounding good. So <laughs> okay. whatever. Whatever. All right. Well, I let you know the first time I noticed it. So 
No, it's 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 fine. Um, now I'm pissed off again. So I, d- I did this the other day too, because I'm because I always print off I always print off the scores so that I can see the scores. The problem is, is when I do that, I unplug my microphone and I don't always remember to plug it back in. Well, see now I feel like I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've created some sort of animosity. Well, yeah. Not towards me, but I'm still gonna. I'm still. Gonna no, it's it's. Uh, refer back to my my um, previous comments about being tired. <laughs> this is this is the kind of stuff that uh, is slipping through the production because this is uh, this is the second time in two weeks where. Uh, I have not paid attention to uh, to what the microphone is is doing. So, well, I'm going to call a microphone check every time now. You should. You should. I just I just said I would. I won't let you. I won't let you down again. All right. Um, my last comment on open. Do you think that he is doing a callback to let's go to bed with his lyric of falling into strangers and it's only just 11? You know what? He maybe where where you know the line of let's go to bed you think you're tired now until 3. And what did he say and what did he say in 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 the concert? You think you're tired now? We'll wait until 6. <laughs> Instead of three, which I thought that was hilarious. All right, I'm sorry. I'm I'm uh, I'm overcome because of the uh, microphone deal. All right, uh, let's let's get scores. I'll try not to let it bug me. All right, scores. Wayne, what do you got? Six. And this is my ten. Yeah, throwing it down. You know how I love a good, uh, you know. I love good punching in the face for the first first track. So this 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 does that. All right, next song is high. The 12-inch single for High included two songs not included on Wish. That includes This Twilight Garden and Play. But I do want to backburner the conversation about the B-sides until the next song, if that's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like I like that they that they typically put a B-side. Their B-sides are not usually album cuts. Um, I think that's interesting. That's sometimes better than not i think there is a single a b-side on here that rises to the i always compare b-sides that take on their own life 
and get their own personality to the sweetest thing by the U2. I think that's the one to me. Yeah. Like that song was too big and too good in a way to be on an album. Like it needed that special attention on the, on the backside of, a, and so I think they, I think they absolutely have a song like that. Um, yeah. As a B side. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that here in just a minute uh, when we talk about the next single that they that they do. Uh, this was the first single off the album. It reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock charts. Just missed the Billboard Top 40, the Pop 40 or whatever you want to call it. It peaked at number 42. It was a top 10 hit in the UK. It peaked at number eight in the UK, number five in Australia, number two in Spain. So... This this did have this did definitely have ha, have some legs. I tried to find a music video for this. There's only a live video, and I don't know if that was was that even the video or was that taken like from Paris or whatever. There was a video. I, I didn't. I haven't looked for it, but there was a video. I remember. Okay, I didn't have MTV at the time because you know. I was uh, a poor college student and um, also was living at home during uh, during the summer, which you already know how my parents felt about MTV. It was, yeah. you know, it's evil. Yeah, they weren't, it's evil. They weren't fan. Plus, Don, Don was kind of a miser. He wasn't going to pay for a lot of stuff. He was going to get that expanded no. package. No, especially it. when he's like, what, what, what do you, why do you need MTV? You got <laughs> Friday night videos. <laughs> I think they had night tracks on Superstation. No, we didn't even have we didn't even have the Superstation. We just had the basic channel, so you get over the air. So. Oh wow! The giant no. aerial antenna. No, we had no we had no cable. You you lived with us in our my our senior year. You. That's what I'm saying. You guys had the aerial. Yeah, it was it was it's all aerial. Four, five, seven, eleven, thirteen. That's it. That's it. I think there was a UHF too, wasn't there? I don't know. Didn't spend much time there. All right. Um, anything on lyrics? Now that we've oh, made yeah. fun of my parents for being misers, <laughs> they're just they're just simple people. Just hey, they got kids to feed, man. I understand it. Uh, yeah, I think this song has always struck me as. As some as sort of a companion piece to one of I one of my favorite songs of all time, just like Heaven. Yeah, it has, and I and I think a lot of it comes down to the line about magic show, because I know that that that's part of there's a there's a magic trick line in in just like Heaven. That's he's, so he's talking about his wife, um, and I just think they have an adorable relationship. Like they were high school sweethearts and they they're happened they're still happily married to this day so crazy yeah but i like the way he starts out each each verse with that kind of uh almost nonsensical kind of like almost like a mary poppins type of way but it's always followed you know that describes her and how she is you know sky as a kite or sticky as lips and then he then there's always a line that from his side that's more kind of shows his vulnerabilities and adequacies with, you know, I can't get that high. I can't go that far. I can't uh, get that small, whatever it is that she can do. He, he, he doesn't feel like he can do it, but he tries because he loves her so much. And that's, 
That's fucking adorable. I don't care who you are. Uh, I like your Mary Poppins reference. However, I don't think you'll ever hear spoonful of sugar with sticky as lips as licky as trips. I can't lick that far because I don't think we're talking about sugar at that point. Wow. You're making it dirty, but because uh, <laughs> it is. I, I more meant like that that how he all string words together, kind of supercalifragilist. Okay. Expialidocious, but yeah. Uh, the way you fur, the how you purr. Is that what you're talking about? Makes me want to paw you sense. all. But like I say, kitten as a cat is smitten as that. I mean, he's, right. And then the I guess the the real kind of punchline almost is how the the lines were. I to think I could have let you go. Like not like that. There's any indication that he that he that he was going to or he thought of it or whatever. But just like there was a time when it would have been easier, and that time is gone. And now I because then it's it's followed by a. I'm, I'm going to hold you so tight. My, you know, my arms, I'm, I'll keep you talking to the microphone, Wayne. Sorry. I'm <laughs> my lyrics. I say, I'll keep holding you my arms so tight. I'll never let you go. Like he went from a time where he could have, it could have maybe happened. And to the point now where he, it absolutely, he won't, he won't allow it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get scores. This is my eight. Nine. Alright. Next song is a part. Let me just bring this up because when you said, Hey, let's, let's do, let's do a, a, a cure episode. Knowing the B sides, I was like, let me, let me take the songs that are not my top songs and let me put some of the good B sides and incorporate those and create my own album. And then I listen to this album again and I'm like, yeah, hell no, I'm not going to do that. Cause I think that that just would screw it up. This is already a close to perfect album. And this was one of the songs that I, I looked at of possibly taking out because I've always called this song and a couple other songs on the, on the record, the disintegration album side B outtakes because side B of disintegration is super dark. It's great, but it's super dark. And this is, this is, this is a song that could definitely be on side B of disintegration. And that's funny that you say that. So I have, it says musically dark, not lullaby dark, but dark. I think that this is, yeah, and I would say it's not prayers for rain dark, but it's pretty dang close. Uh, here, here's here's where I, I I struggle with the sequencing for this album, and and part of it is because you go from a really happy song like um, like high to this, 
And I think they do it because they do it also for Friday. I'm in love to trust. And I think that that was calculated on the part of the band because if you would have, if you would have put, for instance, if you would have put Halo Gear after High, or you would have put Friday I'm in Love after High, would the diehards that have been around since, you know, 17 seconds or pornography or whatever, would they just have gone, um, Robert and the boys have sold out? Oh yeah, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put two singles back to back. But I think what's weird about what's interesting about this sequence is the relationship in the lyrics is so vastly different from the one different totally that we, just, that we just that he just described. This to me, this one was as close to filler as I think the Cure gets. Like it had a lot of okay. musical similarities. Um, the lyrics are, I think they are good. But I don't know that they're there. There's no there's no lines that that stand out uh, as exemplary. But so this one is one that it continues more than captures a mood. You don't think that the lyrics of how did we get this far apart? We used to be so close together that this love would last for. Yeah, I guess it's not. It's OK. No, I th- now that we're talking through we it, had, I, I get it. We just we just had kitten as a cat. I mean, we just had you know <laughs> it was as licky as that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. All right. Scores. This is my three. This is also my three. Okay. Next is um, F T E. Oh no, I won't <laughs> do it. From the edge. From the edge of the deep green sea. song on the record it's seven minutes and 40 seconds this is this is a jam i love everything about this song uh we did we did hear this um live as well oh yeah this this was towards the end of the set and it was right after in between days which again i think that that's Interesting, but um, interesting sequencing for them. Anything lyrically on this one, though? Oh, yeah. There's all, you know, this one has some of what I was kind of referencing as far as Mary Poppins, colorfully see-through head before, wonderfully me, you want some more. Yeah. But this this whole thing has this, it has this, uh, this love triangle feel to it, you know. The guy in it seems married, and he gets away for the for at some point near the sea I'm assuming with his with his lover and the music starts building into this storm and all of the really really juicy great lines are towards the end 
Um, and it starts with that uh, and looks down at my breaking face. Why do you cry? What did I say? And he says, but it's just rain. I'm and but he is crying. He's so he's trying not to. So and then and then it just gets better from there. When he, I feel you pulling back, I feel uh, back. I feel you changing shape. Like that's her talking to him. Like she, like it went this this. The first part of this this excursion was all them, and they were finally got to be alone, and it was all great. And then at some point, the guy who has to go back home starts to change right in front of her. And I think the line which she hangs herself in front of me, which I is not I don't think she I don't think it's meant to be literal. I think that she's she sees him changing, she knows what's gonna happen, and Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's literal either, because if you look at the last the last verse of Wake Up in the Rain, Head in Pain, Hung in Shame. A different name, same old game, love in vain, and miles and miles and miles away from home again. Yeah, I don't think it's it's literal, but um, just just the figurative of of that hanging in shame. Yeah, it's powerful. It's just- it's coupled with the, like I say, musically how it starts to storm as like, you know, about halfway through this, the music gets, uh, it just, yeah, it creates this, this storm and then it just gets worse from there. It just starts really, yeah really coming at you. Well, you brought up, you brought up during open, you brought up the, the fact that it's, you know, there's anxiety. I feel like this becomes more and more manic as as the that the the song progresses oh absolutely so yeah all right um this is my nine your score 10 okay all right next song is windy time So um, here's where we go personal. Oh, that's right. I we didn't we did we didn't bring up the third person who came to the show with us. That is absolutely right. So um, your girlfriend from Canada, which was actually was I saw. <laughs> otherwise, I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, I wouldn't say she was my girlfriend. All right, let me let me get. You wouldn't, but I would. So. Okay. All right. So. We don't always get personal on this podcast, so we we've already shared way too much personal stuff on this episode. Now I'm going to get really personal. Here we go. So from September '89 to September 1991, I served a mission for my church, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I served in South Carolina and Georgia. 
before I left for my mission, I got my heart trounced on pretty good from someone who shall remain nameless. Not going to, not going to even validate her with a name. And don't you even say, all right. On our preparation day, which was the day that we did our laundry, we went shopping, we rested, etc. Um, so because I wasn't writing to a girlfriend back home, so the only people I were writing to were my family, an occasional letter to my boy Wayne, a few of my friends who were also on missions. So I didn't have any females writing to me at the time. And here's where shout out to one of my mission mission buds. So so Nate Silito, he had a bunch of girls that he was writing to. And one was pretty cute. So I grabbed one of his letters on one of these preparation days that he was writing to. And I wrote a paragraph of, about how if she wanted a pen pal, I'd gladly welcome a letter or two. And that's how Wendy and I became friends. So... Um, over the course of almost two years, uh, you know, found out that she liked a lot of the same music. She was super funny. She was cute. Problem was, like you mentioned, she lived in Canada. So she lived in Edmonton. So when I got home from my mission, returned to Tacoma for a few months before I went to Rexburg for college, I still hadn't met her in person. Get to Rexburg have a serious girlfriend, but I break up with her before I come home for the summer. So Wendy and I start calling each other before I left college. So I told her we were going to see the cure. You and me were going to go see the cure. And, and I said, you know, you should come to Tacoma for a week. And so she did. There we go. And so this became Wendy time. Um, so every time I hear this song, I think of that week. I think of Wendy if anyone knows Wendy Martin from Edmonton, Canada, let me know. I'd love to know how her life turned out. Um, I went back to school. I lost touch with her. Um, she was dating other people. I was dating other people. And then this was before the Internet. This was before cell phones where you couldn't just, you know, text somebody. Um, you actually had to pick up a phone and call someone. Um, yeah. So um, there we go. That's way, way more personal stuff than you ever wanted to know. So there we go. Wendy. So why, why do you think that she was my quote unquote girlfriend? Uh, it just sounds better. Girlfriend. Cause she was from Canada. I, I, okay. I, didn't, I didn't witness anything. So besides the many girls in the Niagara Falls area, yeah. is that what you're referring to? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, this is just good friends. Just, making fun of each other. I don't have any, <laughs> any so I didn't, I didn't witness anything that made me believe it was platonic. Well, cause old Sally Montgomery was on duty. So I don't think there was any hanky panky going on. In her um, no, nothing, nothing more than second base <laughs> like, in the house. So, um, no, I, I, we did all the boyfriend girlfriend stuff outside of you know, outside outside of the outside of the best stuff. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, you know, I had morals. I still do. Oh, there you go. Well, that would be the difference between us. Yeah, yeah. That's there's the difference. All right. Um, where where am I going with this? I don't know where I'm going with this. I you know what I I probably would have given it some extra points for 
I completely, it never even, like that connection never even, like I, that was a fun day. Wendy was super cool. I had a lot of, I, I thought, I mean, for somebody I didn't feel, I didn't know at all. It was very, uh, it was a great day. We had a lot of fun, the three of us. Uh, yeah. But this song, there's a couple of reasons that this song fell low, because I do like it. But I like it in a lot of ways because it sounds like a cross between Never Enough and Why Can't I Be You. Yeah. And then, like I said before, I think that Robert Smith's relationship with his his wife uh, is adorable. And this this seems like something he's saw from the rest of the band because this has a real groupy feel she's coming on really strong making all kinds of uh of promises she's very persuasive you got to give her that but this looks like something that he's writing about where that's clearly not firsthand yeah and just um for the record um wendy was also very persuasive i'm not persuasive enough so uh, <laughs> apparently uh, I, I love the dialogue in this song, though. I, I feel like that, that is the, the 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 big part of this song. I've been on record of saying how much I love the technique of incorporating dialogue within a song if you do it right. You know, we've talked about Joni Mitchell doing it. We've talked about Not a Surf and how they how the, how Matthew incorporated that in one of his songs. It's just a great technique if you pull it off, and I think that he totally pulls it off on this one. Oh, yeah. I think it's I, great. I, I, it's, it's Hemingway-esque. You got to be able to, yeah. Yes. I, I, I don't have any, yeah. To me, it's it's musically, it sounds familiar, and it also doesn't come across, I guess there's a there's a genuineness that he, there's no way he can, he can capture as far as I'm concerned, because I know, I know his, you know, his, his relationship, um, at least about it enough to know that this kind of, cause she traveled with him. Like she, they didn't, they consciously made a, a decision not to have kids and she traveled with the band. I mean, she was always around, uh, on purpose. So this kind of thing probably is something he saw happening to, to Simon and Boris much more often than. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get scores. She got for windy time. I gave it a four and I will note that you would think that the F bomb, which I believe comes off as an absolute only is used because it's a quote, uh, doesn't get it any extra points. Okay. All right. Uh, this is my six. All right. Next song is doing the unstuck. It's a perfect day for letting go. For setting far to bridges, boats and other dreary worlds, you know. And let's get happy. It's a perfect day for making out. To wake up with a smile without a doubt. To first scream, you could be skip jumps and shout. Let's get happy. But it's most too late. Um, I have always loved this song, and yeah, it's a song about sex. Um, just the 
just the lyrics of this. I mean, how many people can pull off? It's a perfect day for kissing swell, for rip, zipping, button, popping, kissing well. Like nobody. Nobody could, could pull that off. And Robert pulls it off. Let's get happy. And then I, so, so the last verse makes me think that maybe this isn't such a happy song after all, where, you know, he wants to tear up the stairs and tear up the floors, burn down the house, burn down the street, turn everything red. Um, it's a perfect day to throw back your head and kiss it all goodbye. Yeah, well, I, I see your, I get that doing the unstuck would sound, I mean, I guess, and I'm not going to, I'm not saying that I know, I know him personally. So uh, I, I tell you what this song is about. But to me, this, this has a, because it does, when you read it, it has a lot of, it does sound like, it reads like it's about two different people. But when you hear it, it feels like it's, it's very self-motivational. Like, I feel like somebody in the throes of depression trying to talk himself out of it, trying to get himself up for the day. Okay. Um, and just like I say, those, those great like Mary Poppins, like phrases, burst, giggle, bliss, kick, skip, jump, sing. And that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just like, I mean, even when I say the, the part that uh, near the end that repeats the kick out the gloom, kick out the blues, tear out the pages with all the bad news, uh, pull down the mirrors, you know, so you can't see see yourself, but it has to me. It's always had a very um, trying to get your trying to pull yourself up out of something. Okay, I guess that's those will be my my new positive affirmations to burst, grin, giggle, bliss, skip, jump, sing, and shout. Let's get happy. Yeah, yeah, just the way he ends it like that. That's a new thing I'm going to put on a sticky pad, sticky note, and. Tap right next to my computer here, my computer screen. Yeah, and then what's one of the things I want to mention because of the last song he direct he used the f bomb as a direct quote, and in here there's a perfect spot for one. Uh, right after uh, <laughs> it's a perfect day for doing the unstuck for dancing like you yes. can't hear the beat and you don't give a and then he pauses for a second and he says further thoughts. <laughs> like yeah. he he knows what you want and it's just not his style. That's just this. That's just not how he talks, I don't think. Yeah, I love it. All right. Um, this is my top song. And this is my 11, my second to my, my second favorite song. All right. I look forward to hearing this every single time it comes on. All right. Next song, Friday I'm in Love. is also known as the most listened to Cure song on Spotify. Did you look to see how many listens? No, I I I don't 
usually catch that. Um, I Sometimes I will, but I don't. Not on this band. I wouldn't even look to see. I, like I say, my relationship with this band is deep, and I don't. I honestly don't care. And I do, to some degree, like you had referenced it earlier, I, I think this is a great pop song. And there is part of me that is still a little bit uh, upset that this is what brought the rest of the people to the party. Like, at, after this, everybody knew the cure, at least for this song, if not just like heaven. And, and so there is part of me that doesn't like that. But yeah. if all pop songs sounded like this, I wouldn't have a problem with popular music <laughs> or with, with the radio. But it was funny as he made a comment about that he didn't think he, I think it was like something about it's paradoxical that the cure is uh, associated with goth when, you know, you ask a taxi driver in London, I'm more, we're more known for singing Friday that I'm in love than 100 days. And I don't disagree with that, that more people know Friday I'm in love. But the people who know The Cure better would rather listen to 100 Days. I don't, it's not, it's what they may be known more for, but I don't think it's what they're known best for. Yeah. My notes here is how much did you hate this song in 93? Because I did. I, I, w- I was that musical snob to a certain extent where I'm like, yeah, I can't believe that um, the same people who were just listening to Bobby Brown and Criss Cross are now listening to The Cure and saying how much they love The Cure. I'm like, where where were you? Where were you, you know, five years ago? Um, so, yeah. So I know that you said I don't care how many listens. So 350 million listens on Spotify. Any guesses on the second most listened to song? Just Like Heaven. 214, that's number three. Boys Don't Cry is at 264 million. Yeah, and like I say, if if in 19, what, 82, 83, they were playing Boys Don't Cry on the radio, I think the world would have been a better place. I think it would have taken a different tra- trajectory musically. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't go to pop music. Pop music came to them. So that I, I give them credit yeah. for. But but I, I'm with you. I, I'm not as bitter about it now, but I'm absolutely. I'm not sure. either. In yeah, I'm not either. Uh, I, I was. I think that Friday I'm in Love matched up to uh, Pictures of You. I mean. Yeah. 10, 15 on Saturday night. Jumping someone else's train. I know. Yeah. Um so this was a number one alternative hit for them. Did hit the, the top 20. It was a number 18 hit on the Billboard Pop 40 or whatever you want to call it. This has, so the B-sides for this include Halo and Scared As You. I'm already on record saying Halo is one of my favorite Cure songs of all time. I just love it. Like, But again... I don't know where you would fit it on this album. No, and like I said, like sweetest thing, I think it. I think it's the perfect B side. Like it's that. Yeah. It's it because it gets its own. You know, because it's not on the album, so everybody knows the song, the single that is on the album, and then there's this. You know what? This hidden 
treasure for all intents and purposes that I just feel like it's the perfect place for it. Yeah. All right. I don't want to talk about Friday. I'm in love anymore. Um, this is my four. Your score? I gave it an eight. It's 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 recoup some of it as the year goes. I think as a song, I think it he does he does a great job. I like the way you you when you use like days of the week like that, you really like it, you give the song this movement uh, through time. That I think uh, it is a good song. I, I think that I had I had the same reservations as you. Is this this is what brought the, everybody to the party, and we were all fine at the party before they show showed up. So, right, yeah. Somewhere there's a lampshade. Sorry, I had to throw that out. Um, anytime you can quote Westerberg, right? Oh, yeah. All right, next song. Next song is Trust. And this is another one of the Disintegration album side B outtakes. And... Not much lyrically to this. I I don't think I skip any songs. But the stretch of Friday I'm in Love and Trust to get to the next song. It's not my favorite part of the album. Yeah, I like I like a big moody piano piece, but uh, it's. 241 before he starts to sing and that's almost exactly half uh and like i say there's not a lot of lyrics and the lyrics that are here aren't terribly inspired yeah all right this is my one this is also my one okay next song is letter to elise million listens this is the second most listened to song off the album guess how many millions of listens 50 21 that's a wide expanse between 350 to 21 million um the b-sides on this one were the big hand and a foolish arrangement which um both are Again, both are really great, great B-sides. Um, did you listen to the blue mix of this song? I found it on YouTube. It's not on Spotify. And it's on, I think it's on the 12-inch, if I'm not mistaken. It's like the 12-inch the mix to it. 
not a fan of the beginning part of the mix, but as it moved forward, they did pull the bass far into the front of the mix and the guitar parts like towards the middle of the song get highlighted. And I, this is where I was listening to that mix. And I'm like, it sounds like there's two bass parts. And then I'm looking at the credits to the song. So Perry Bamonte is credited with playing the six string bass on this while Simon is also playing bass. So I think if I'm correct, and and some diehard Cure fans can 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 chime in here, but I'm pretty sure there's two bass parts for this song. So, anyways, um, alternative charts peaked at number two in November of 1992. You want to know what kept it out of the number one spot? Yes, I do. I'll give you a hint. We did an epic episode about the album that it came from. Um, something with Scott about. Terry. Oh yeah, uh, the brand. What? What's it? The brand new radicals. New radicals. No, that new radicals came like five years later. Oh. No, Drive. Drive from REM. Oh wow! I thought yeah, because I would have been around then. I thought that was. You remember, Automatic for the People came out in '92. Everybody hurts. All right. Did you listen to the unplugged version of this? I have not in years. So you need to go back and listen to it because they performed this before Wish came out. I know the lyrics changed. And the and the lyrics are completely different on a couple on a couple of the verses. Some of them are like not super um, super radical, different, like with uh, aching looks and breaking hearts. I think he says with aching words instead of aching looks. One other thing, and the face I saw look back, I think he said the way I stand is away from you at that point. But the, um, the Elise believe I never wanted this verse, that whole, that whole section is like different. And thank goodness, because the unplugged version um, messed it all up. Because that, that's like my favorite verse of the whole of the whole song of, uh, you know, I thought this time I keep all my promises. Thought you were the girl I'd always dreamed about. Um, but I let the dream go and the promises broke and the make believe ran out. Um, that's totally different on the unplugged version. So thank goodness they went back and retooled that and. I mean, this song is just great. It it's incredible. Lyrically, this this uh, this song is always like I'd said. Uh, From the edge of the deep green sea seems like a love triangle, and that's the guy and his and his lover. This seems like the other side of that, and his this is his wife, and cause especially from the line about uh, yesterday, I stood and stared wide eyed in front of you, and the face I saw looked back was the one I wanted. It's like, so it has all of it. So it had, has it from that other side, which I think as a, I, I think to be able to do that, to, to, to jump from each perspective and to write these incredible songs is amazing in and of itself. But yeah, the lines like you brought up with the, 
I, I thought I'd keep all my promises, but this has, it's that other side of that relationship that he's, it, and remembering when there was a time when you didn't want anything else and to tend for that to be gone is, is heartbreaking. It's, it, it will destroy you in a lot of ways. Yeah. All right. This is my 11. Uh, this is my 12. And I think once again, another cool production move is they just, it ends suddenly. Like he goes through this very painful, uh, description and then he just, and then just bam, it's gone. Yeah. Nothing else I can really do at all. Dun, dun, dun. Then you're done. Yeah. All right. Next song cut. digging this song live it's not as good on the album I, f- I feel bad about my score because this is my two talk talk me out of my two well to and to me from that lyrical point this is either this is what that relationship from the previous track would look like over time or may already look like to elise um okay you know, I see face like stone, eyes of ice, mouth so sweetly telling lies. Like there's this, there's definitely, this isn't, this, there's no, things have gone too far and have decayed into apathy at best. If, if Open and Apart weren't already on the album, I think that this would have scored higher for me. Just because it, it, it does have a lot of the same elements to it. A lot of buildup. It's dark. It's brooding. But it, yeah, it... They kick the tempo up. I think Simon yeah. Gallup is a big part of this. But I think the electric guitar is really like menacing and in your face. Which it's usually part of the mix. And a lot of times they'll mix it with an acoustic guitar. And this one's all electric guitar. And it's real. It does create a, like a very menacing feel. Yeah. Like I said, I, 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 I remember really digging this in, in, um, in concert and it was the second to last song in the, in the main set. We'll, we'll get to the last song of the main set cause that's coming up with end. All right. Um, so this was my, this was my two, your score. Seven. Okay. All right, to wish impossible things. And this is another disintegration side B song to me. Um, and this song reminds me of yet a different woman from that time period that we're talking about, but she'll also remain nameless. Actually, we'll just call her Psycho Hose Beast <laughs> to steal from Wayne's World. So she does have a name. It's uh, Psycho Hose Beast. 
and that's a, I, I actually I think I know her name, but I always associated with that. So I'm not going to say anything either because no, not you my, know, it's not my place. No, a gentleman never tells, and neither do I. Even though I'm <laughs> not. Uh, yeah. Anything lyrically? I. It, I do like I do like the remember how it used to be when the stars would fill the sky. Remember how we used to dream those nights would never end. Yeah, I don't think that's I, I don't think it's his finest work. Um, I don't think there's a lot of lyrics to it. I think the exaggerated I do like from a production standpoint, I like the way it's almost spoken word. He's not, yeah. not really singing. Um, I like the and I don't know if it's a cello or a violin but I like the string instrument in it. I don't like that Japanese guitar or string instrument that they use. Um, I don't, it doesn't see, it doesn't fit. It always makes me think of Susie and the Banshees, which I, which I love, but this is, a, it's not the, neither the time nor place. It's not like a Japanese baby in the distance. No, no not here. I'm quoting, quoting from other, other songs again. <laughs> I just love the feel of this one. This was, this is look, I'm on record of saying how much I love prayers for the rain on disintegration. This is right up there as far as one of those dark brooding type songs. Um, and it, it just works for me. Uh, I love it. All right. This is my seven. Your score. Two. Okay. And then, um, we're going to wrap this all up with end. this was the last song in the main set list it's so and it's so good it's a great album closer um can't tell you how many times i've listened to this album then i immediately i'm reaching for another cure album to listen to so and, and i was just looking at my 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 stack of cure cds uh did i lend you my head on the door cd because i don't i don't know where it is you did not. I, I was I was given one from somebody else. That's how I know it wasn't yours. I know who gave. Okay. It. Yeah. All right. Well, I got a glare. I got a glaring omission in my uh, in my my collection. I'll probably just I'll probably just get it on vinyl. That seems like a good album to get on vinyl, right? Oh. Any of the 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 four that in that, that group we talked about. Yeah. Well, I have the other ones, so um, I am missing. I am missing pornography. I don't have that one. You have that one on physical? No. Nope. All right. 
What do you got? It's like a sensory overload. There's so many layers. Like there's so many different guitar parts in there. It's so it's musically it's like starts to freak you out. Like uh, which I absolutely love. I and I like the ending. I like the way they they start it with a song called Open and they end it with a song called End. I think that's a great uh, bookend to the whole thing. Um, I love the refrain of please stop loving me because it's half it's half plea, half order. Um, and it doesn't feel like it's to a person. It feels almost like it's to a deity. I mean, it's it's bigger. Th- it's bigger than just mm. a person. Okay. I like that. Yeah, and I was, you know, because I, I get fixated on track times as well. And so this is 646 as opposed to 650 for open. Um, so they bookended, you know, the this CD with uh, or this album with songs that are predominantly the same length and both kind of punchy in the face. So it's good. I, I I love how it how it ends. I'm glad that they chose to end it with this instead of to wish impossible things because that that's. I think a lot of other bands, that's what they would they'll, they'll go, well, we need to finish our album with a melancholy song. No. Punch me in the face on this one, too. Yeah, this one's almost more like slap me in the side of the head when I'm not looking. Like, it's very disorienting. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, the I am none of these things is the final lyrics. How, how, how Robert Smith is that? <laughs> uh, those glorious depressed bastards is that, isn't that what you said in a text to me a couple of days ago dark and gloomy it's dark and gloomy bastards the, the, the dark and gloomy bastards alright um, this is my five it's, I also gave it a five alright it's good um, so you know what I always say I always say um did we miss anything? Did we cover everything? Album-wise, I'm sure I feel like we did. I know that concert, uh, I just, just to anybody who's never seen a Cure show, uh, best it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. They did three encores. Um, they kind of, the second, they ended the first encore with Boys Don't Cry, but then they we the crowd just was relentless. Uh, the fan base was rabid. The second encore had Close to Me and Why Can't I Be You. Uh, some hits, I would say. Uh, and the we just kept chanting their name, and they came back out. And I remember he said, we've played everything we know. Uh, and, they, and then the last three songs, they ended with A Forest, which is uh, off 17 seconds and a fairly well-known song of theirs. But they did, and Primary, and A Strange Day from Pornography, which is a not not one that you would you would have thought so i say i feel like they they gave us they they just they gave you they gave they you, they couldn't have been more gracious like the crowd kept chanting and they felt like they were obligated to come back out anybody else in 1992 probably would have gotten the bus and left and uh yeah. i'll I'll, yeah. I'll never forget it i'll never forget that show ever top five top five shows I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I have it. I I think that's. I think I did a list at one point. I bet it's. I bet it's three. If if 
it's no lower than three. Yeah. I did get a chance to see them again. I took my now 17-year-old, so his first ever concert, I took him to a Cure concert. That was about 2016. And um, unfortunately, we did leave because he was falling asleep and it was late and we were down in Miami and I had to work the following day. So, um, you know, it's four and a half hour drive, five hour drive back. So we did not stay for what eventually became four encores. <laughs> See, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. They just, if the crowd, like they're just, he's just, they're just good English boys. And they, if you come yeah. back out there, they're going to come. I, I, we stayed for the first two. Stand for the first two, but we had to call it. Um, one thing I didn't I didn't bring up about Elise. So according to setlist.fm, they've only played that forty six times live. Yeah, we did not hear it. We did not hear that live. It was missing. I mean, they did seven songs from that record, and that and to not and that I don't believe that had been released as a single at that point, but it was going, it no. was going to be the next single. So it's, it is a surprise. Yeah. All right. Guess is on number one. Uh, well, I think, didn't we? We have a yeah, I was going to say we had, we each, we, the top, the, our top two songs were the same, except they're just in reverse order. Yeah. Letter to Elise and doing the unstuck average score of 11.5. Third is from the edge of the deep blue sea, nine point five. So green. What did I say? I said deep blue sea. Oh, d- deep green sea. Sorry, ki- I'm tired. Killed. Cure fans. Have I mentioned that I'm tired? I know, but I, have I mentioned that I'm tired? Like we need to let off the gas. It's been eighteen months. Okay, give me a freaking break. All right. Um, high is our fourth song, and then open rounds out our top five. And so we, we have the Google sheet here for our scores. And um, I just put for Friday, I'm in love. I just put whoops next to it. So, sorry, <laughs> my four, my four tanked it out of our top five. Oh, I, and I'm like I say, I think it's a good song. Um, as far for other people, like I, as far as the cure, I there's a long list of songs that I would rather listen to. Uh, but like I say, if if other people could have written pop songs that were half as interesting as that, I would have I would have listened to the radio more. Yeah, for sure. Let's wrap this up. Can't find my dang notes. Have I mentioned that I'm tired? Not, I don't know if I've mentioned that yet. Not yet. First time, first time hearing of it. <laughs> so as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes. Just go to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Uh, if you are interested in hearing our other Cure episode we did do early on, Head on the Door, uh, you can go check that out. And that was, a, that was also a Just You and Me episode. That was before guests were uh, a predominant uh, thing like we have twice a week now yep 
definitely go find us on the socials. I'm on Facebook. Uh, just search for Records Revisit Podcast or on Twitter at Podcast Records. You are on the Instagram at where? Records Revisited Podcast. And then, of course, you can also uh, join Patreon. You can get episodes a week early. If you contribute at the guest revisitor level, you could also join us on an episode with us to talk about one of your favorite records like uh, a few people are going to be doing here very soon. Uh, we've got, uh, well, I already, I already teased you on some of the ones that are coming up. So just go to patreon.com slash records revisited podcast, all one word for that. And um, yeah, we, uh, we promise to give some goodies out, including uh, what once a quarter, yeah, well, I got some. I got some shirts. I don't fit, probably. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, we're 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 still we're still trying to work out all of the what kind of goodies we're we're going to have. So I know we're um, I'm going to be up in Washington in a couple weeks, and we'll we'll be chatting about how we can get some stickers put together. Uh, I know T-shirts are been discussed. So anyways, all right. So here's the, the outro part. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Now that we're getting vaccinated and getting back out there, you can go to a live show. Um, just, you know, be safe about it. Or if your favorites are not out there touring yet, uh, make sure that you're still supporting them with any of their live stream events. Be sure to buy a t-shirt of the band buy a record visitor record store and not just on record store day we are records revisited and we are out, out.